You are listening to Spilling the Tea, a real estate podcast with Christy Macero and Sheila Maycheck. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Spilling the Tea, a real estate podcast with your hosts, myself, Christy, and my lovely co-host, Sheila Maycheck. Hello. Today, we have a special guest in, a former client of mine. His name is Terry, and we we created some memories together, didn't we, Terry? Oh, yeah, you could call it that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So today, we're going to be sitting down with uh, Terry, who has firsthand knowledge about some of the things that can go wrong, even if you have a home inspection. Mm -hmm. Now, it's July. I know a lot of you guys are taking road trips right now. Maybe it's hot in the car. Uh, you're going to want to fasten your seatbelts for this sucker because it is a very good podcast to listen to for Mm -hmm. entertainment. This one's going to be really, really good because it's shocking. We're going to be spilling the tea and sharing the story about what steps Terry had to take and how his situation, as crazy it was, was finally resolved. And uh, we were with Terry every step of the way. And as you can see, he's still here. So yeah. <laughs> he still likes us. He still likes us. So it, it, it got resolved. Yeah. Um, but before we get into this, Sheila, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you after you've taken possession of a home and moved in for a little while? Like what happened? It was our first winter in our brand new townhome. And we had a pipe freeze that was inside the home under... So the garage is on the first level, and then our kitchen was right above it, and I couldn't get any hot water to come on. Cold water was coming on, no problem. The hot water, nothing. And that's when I'm like, oh, I'm starting Dr. Google, and it's like frozen pipe. So I had to call a plumber. So anyone who knows Sheila knows that she's lived in some pretty cold places. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I've lived in the Arctic for five years, um, lots of different kinds of housing, I've lived on a place where it was on stilts um, and a lake view that looked like an ocean, some really crazy temperatures. The coldest I've ever been in was minus 66 with wind chill, okay. one winter storm. That's a lot. Um, this one wasn't that cold, and I thought in BC, it's it's we're not going to have a problem with frozen pipes. Well, I was wrong. So you were here in the Lower <laughs> Mainland, and this is something that is happening more and more. Yeah. And so you realize you turn on those taps, the water's not coming through, and you, you realize something yeah. was the matter. Yeah. Okay. And how did your situation get resolved? Called a plumber in. And of course, it being a brand new town home, he's looking at the ceiling and he goes, no, you could just wait it out. I don't want to cut into the ceiling. And I look at him and I go, please cut the ceiling. So he gets up on a ladder, cuts a big square out and starts just grabbing onto the pipe. And as he's grabbing onto the pipe, all you can hear is cracking, like crackling Ooh. ice. And luckily, we caught it before the pipe burst. Yeah, because he's saying, I don't want to cause you, like, you know, it's a a nice brand new ceiling, but, like, uh, drywall is not as expensive as a a plumber when that pipe goes or the insurance company that would have to deal with that. Because he was saying it could thaw on its own as the temperature warmed up, but I didn't want to chance it. And luckily, he opened it up, and the insulation wasn't quite tight around the pipe. So it was getting a bit of a draft because the deck was above it. Mm-hmm. And so we, I heated it up with a hairdryer <clears throat> and we put some extra insulation in. Okay. Yeah. So it could have been a situation where there wasn't enough insulation. Mm-hmm. And it, I, the, the thing that kind of comes up in our heads was, well, did the builder know that? Like, did the builder know that? Or, or is that, was that acceptable because it was a garage? Yeah. Or was it not acceptable and they knew that there should have been insulation in there and it wasn't? So, uh, you know, like if you've been listening, you understand that we are ethics kind of people. So some questions kind of get raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to move into the situation with Terry. 
Terry, to start, you're coming all the way out from Chilliwack tonight. I really appreciate it. We no don't come. Ac- yeah, well, I, I really appreciate <laughs> it, and uh, because we don't come across your situation often, uh, you're the only one. So I guess you're just, I guess you're just lucky. Um, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I want to start at the very beginning. I want you to tell us a little <clears> bit <throat> about your house hunting experience and what the market was like and how it felt to finally find the one. Because we did spend some time together. Yeah, we did. I mean, the market was very, I'd lived in BC before and then had to move away and then came back and I figured the market would be very active, um, but not as active as it was Mm. and very almost volatile uh, because we did have those list of potentials that, you know, that we looked at for our wish list and then I'd get in contact with you and have a list of 20 and you'd just go down a list going pending, pending, sold, sold, pending, pending. And that was mere hours after... (laughs) they had hit the market. Yeah. I'm so, like, how about these three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, and right. that was, you know, that repeated itself a couple of times, it but, mm-hmm. um, but we did eventually, uh, put an offer in on one. Um, and then we had the house, um, house inspection, um, mm-hmm. come, uh, get done. Mm-hmm. And we then backed away from that because there was too many issues that were identified. I so that then was, yeah, that yeah. was a very interesting house. Yeah, it was, it was a neat house. It yeah. was very, very neat. I've never seen a house like it. Um, but there was just too many things, things to it. Yeah. 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 So it was back to square one and yeah. uh, going through the whole process. And then when we, um, came upon this one, there was another one that was close by that was ticking, a lot of the boxes as well. Right. So we had gone to see that one, and then we eventually went to see the one that we ended up purchasing. So. Yeah, and so so we ended up writing, got the accepted offer. Um, we were really quick. Uh, the subjects we actually had subjects, which was kind of fun because at that yeah. time things were going so quickly. So we we're very fortunate to even get a home inspection again. Um, we included a couple other items of due diligence, like we do for everybody if we can. And during the process, uh, you know, we learned that it was a divorce sale. So we had to be very patient because you know one side didn't want to sign, and you know the other side did, and then yeah. you know it got a little bit strange in negotiating. But it's not our first time doing that, and you guys were so patient which I think ultimately paid off to getting your offer accepted, which was kind of nice. And then some time passed, just like they always do. And it came time for key handover day, which is always so exciting. So Sheila and I got to the property beforehand as usual. Yeah. This is where things get really weird, guys. Um, so we get in and we walk through the home. And Sheila, like, what were your initial, like your, your first initial thoughts before you even looked at anything? What was your initial thoughts on the property? When I first walked into the foyer, I thought, I'm like, okay, it's pretty clean in here. Everything that's supposed to be here is. And then the further we get into the home and the more we walk around, the more there's little things popping up. And I'm going, well, that's not quite right. And I'm surprised this is left behind. And, oh, no, some of this doesn't seem right. It got a little weird. And I I can't be more clear, guys. The sun was beaming in the windows. It was this beautiful day. And it could have just been such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, So, Terry, what was your... Because mine was similar to Sheila. You know, it was, oh, this is really nice. It'll be fine. Okay, there's the odd thing, but whatever. Um, Terry, what was your initial feeling when you entered the home? Um, Well, that part of it was, as you know, during the house hunting process, uh, my wife and I are in two different provinces. Yes. So that further kind of complicated things. She had never seen the house before. So I was actually very enthusiastic about showing her the house. Uh, we, all were. Be, yeah. <laughs> we all were. We all were. But I wanted to make it, you know, good for her because yeah. we were coming from a location where it was very noisy and this was not going to be noisy. And so ultimately, 
when we went in, did the whole, you know, over in the foyer and then go around through to the back and all of a sudden realize that, okay, there's some hidden damage here. There was undisclosed damage. It was hidden during, when we walked through, it was hidden during when the home inspection happened. And so that was one. And then there was a few other things where we looked and it's okay, that's a little off. And then go to the backyard and see the, you know, the junk that was left behind. And so then finding, you know, other things that were like who leaves behind a f three foot by four foot, you know, photo on a, on a wall. And we moved that and found out that they'd taken the drywall out. They'd taken the, the stud out, the electrical wire that was there was cut. And so it was just, things started building. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it got weird really quickly. Terry's being very nice in his description. So I'm going to give you guys the dirty, um, the appliances. Okay. They were dirty, but they were like really dirty. Mm -hmm. But we thought, okay, divorce sale, maybe she just want to get out of there, not a big deal. Um, but then we walked in through the kitchen and we see this rug on the floor of the linoleum. Yep. And we pulled the rug back, this purple rug, and yeah. underneath it was a big purple stain on the linoleum. Like you could not remove that sucker. It was no. in the... I it guess was embedded. The, it was it embedded. embedded. Yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. And downstairs, uh, just like Terry described, there was this beautiful painting that was left behind. And we we're like, oh, that's really strange. And sure enough, like, it's just your worst nightmare. You're moving yeah. the painting and then there's this hole cut out. And and not a small hole. No, we're talking a giant chunk of drywall. This was not a small painting. No, and the, the stud was gone, and there was mm -hmm. a wire, and the wire was cut. It was yep. very strange. Um, in the very back of the property, it showed that they had used behind the shed as, like, a dumping ground almost for yeah. all the stuff that they didn't want, which is, it's not great. Like, of course, there's the odd yard thing that gets left behind sometimes, but this was, this was overkill. And the biggest thing, of course, was, <laughs> like Terry said, when he went around to the back part of the house mm -hmm. on the floor down in the corner where there was a bunch of furniture and a bunch of stuff on top of the floor. Piled up. There was discolored and warped hardwood flooring. And we're talking, it and was And missing like, pieces. Yes, yeah. missing pieces that looked all buckled and it was like gray. And, and then, well, we said, well, that looks like water damage. And so I remember, Terry, you, yep. op you opened up the little closet behind that wall because we're thinking there was a, there was a leak here. A major leak. Yeah. You could tell just by well, what was left behind. Yeah. And then it hits you. You open up that door and the smell of yeah. what can only be described as musty mold. Like these aren't little things and hardwood floors are no joke. No. So, and, and even the linoleum, like you couldn't clean it. You'd have to do the whole floor. You can't just cut a patch. It wasn't like a design where you could just cut a patch out. No. Um, which was so unacceptable. So Terry... How did, we'll get into how I felt after. <laughs> how did oh, you I, feel? I, I know how you felt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how did you feel, Terry? I was, I was getting angry uh, because yeah. we had, I mean, it was a substantial investment for the, for the cost of the property. And after all this process of trying to find, mm -hmm. you know, the one, um, you know, now we're finding this. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like with the home inspection, it identified a few locations where, you know, some repairs were going to be required. Budget-wise, we had already considered that and said, okay, we'll take that into account because, you know, the deck needs redoing. There's some trim pieces outside, which was fine because we accepted that. But the hidden damage, that was a little hard to swallow. And it's, and further, and just, um, I just want to emphasize, so doing a little more investigation around the water damage, um, 
we look in the utility room and that's when I saw a black mold um, that was yeah. there. Around the hot water tank. Around the hot water tank. Yeah. So right. right away we had to kind of close that off. Right. Mm-hmm. We had to get a company come in, test the air. They discovered it was active black mold. They had to come in and neutralize it. And so therefore a lot of the stuff that we had in storage we had to leave in the garage because we couldn't move it in there that's right and we had to segregate that off until we can get it done which took a few weeks because you have to schedule these appointments for the technician to come in. yeah that's access to like half your house yep that you can't do anything with and and black mold is very uh it's not good for the lungs and especially Mm -hmm. with um and i and remember i let you know because i know that they had young kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to let the other agent know that you know there's a toxic toxicity that could come from that for children because they're more susceptible so yeah you're very sweet because i remember the first thing you said was oh you got to tell them because the the children the children in the house and i'm sitting there going like let's burn that house down i was so (laughs) mad um because like this situation hit all of my core values like it was so dishonest and it was so unethical and it was so Mm -hmm. deceitful because there were items that were specifically there to hide down intentionally done intentionally and that's the part that really grinds my gears yeah um and we, we, we know sometimes you find things when you move in. Okay. No surprises. Sometimes things are, you know, done and, and, oh, okay. The seller forgot or, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I meant to mention that to you. Um, but, but to deceitfully mm-hmm. do that, it was so disgusting. And I, of course, when that's going on, I was trying to be very like, okay, we're going to be calm. <laughs> that's, that's, why gonna... I, that's why I gave you your space. Yes, you were like really good because I was like, okay, Terry, I don't typically tell my clients when I'm really angry, but this is getting up there. I'm going to step outside to make a call. And I was choked. I called that agent yeah. and I was like, we got a problem. Um, and just for anyone who's listening, like, uh, of course, a home inspection occurred and you're thinking, well, why didn't they find the, the water damage and all that kind of stuff? Well, an inspector is not going to lift up a rug. In, in an active house, they're not going to take a painting off the wall. Um, they're they're not going to uh, you know move a big heavy chest of furniture and a cat. I think it was like a cat um, kitty, yeah, litter a box kitty litter box and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. They're not going to move that kind of stuff to test all around every single baseboard. Mm-hmm. So we can, we don't put any fault on the inspector really for these items. This was one hundred percent who was living in the house. Okay, so um, called the agent. He was wonderful. He was, it was, like I said, it was a divorce sale. He was representing mostly, I mean, he had both people that were working with him. Yeah. He was mostly working with the husband um, and the husband didn't live in the home. So he Mm -hmm. said, you know what? I'm sorry that happened. I'm going to, we're going to deal with this. You know, and he was really, really good because some agents will just be like, no, not my problem. Sorry. Okay. Um, So Terry, uh, obviously you know, anger builds and you knew you were going to go after the sellers. Like when did you, what, what was the moment that you knew you were going after them? Like you're like, yeah, <laughs> this is going to court. Yeah. The, uh, there, there was that moment and, uh, part of it came from originally, you know, with the junk, uh, I called you, you said phone junk removal, yeah. pay for it. They'll compensate back. Um, if you remember correctly, the keys that we got only one key worked in the side garage door <laughs> and then yeah, they called, right. I think it was the day after saying they needed the front door electronic lock because it tied into their security system. Right. So I had to take that off. So I had to quickly rush out, get locks for the entire house and then get those all redone. Um, and then, so that cost, you know, they passed on to them and you know, the split, um, both sellers split, you know, half and half and we got compensated through the agent Yes. and he was great as a liaison between them. 
when it came to the black mold, that was kind of the next step because that was the most crucial of mm -hmm. getting resolved. Um, then the bills started getting a little bit higher, and that's when the one seller, the obstinate one, dug their their heels in and basically wouldn't uh, wouldn't acknowledge it. The other seller wholeheartedly, yep, okay, I understand. Here's half, and so he was great throughout the whole process. He was fantastic. Um, so it was when that person started balking right and then we did our due diligence going around taking pictures getting quotes getting all the all the um, numbers that we would need to give a final uh, a final um, bill to uh, that person was getting very bad advice from a family member mm. and right. they would not see even from industry professionals such as yourselves and the other agent would not listen and so therefore that's when I knew that that's it's got to go through the court process. Yeah, and I I was really, I remember going back and forth with the agent about the quotes that you were getting, and we made it very clear, like, hey, listen, like, yeah, you know, if if the if the job comes in lower to get the floors redone because the floors had to be redone, they were completely yep. damaged with that moldy, gross, old, warped, discolored wood, mm -hmm. and it wasn't a small area, but it's not like you were going out there trying to find top of the line, like you yeah. weren't there to make money or profit off of anybody or inflating anything. You had documents and paperwork to show here's what it is probably going to cost me to repair these things that you left for me yes and I remember we were saying hey look like whatever the cost is we will refund the rest of the money back like we're not here to make any money we're not trying to do anything like that um, and and so in real estate there was a property disclosure statement that the sellers had filled out now there was only one seller living in the home but both of them had signed it so that means that both of them are liable mm -hmm. for the information on that sheet so um, so if you're in a situation ever where your spouse is maybe living in the house and you're not you have to be very careful what you fill out because you're kind of uh, guaranteeing what is said on that sheet. Yeah. And unfortunately, the husband didn't know. He didn't. He know. didn't know. No. Um, and so he was saying, oh, my gosh, you know, and we said, hey, listen, we're going to hit you with this lawsuit and you're both going to be liable. And I wrote a very, very, very well structured email explaining that they ought to have known that that damage was there. I yeah. still have that email. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a good email. I was looking for it. I'm hoping you can forward it back to me because it was good. Like, I feel like I should have that templated. So, like, if somebody has to go after somebody on a property disclosure statement, yeah. this is how you write it out because I would reference the exact section and then I would say, yep, you answered this, but this shows contradiction. And we had photos, we had everything, and it looked nice and scary. The agent actually emailed me back going, wow, what a great email. We're saving this template. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're using that if this ever comes back. So, but it was good. And we, and we had to do that. We had to make ourselves very clear that we're not here to, to jerk around. Like we were jerked around. Yeah. Um, and just to be very clear as realtors, uh, our, our power becomes, I mean, after completion, our powers are almost taken away. Like we can liaise between a little bit, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, we're just kind of helping at that point because we're not, we don't have any other power after that. Yeah. So it does have to go to the court system. Uh, so, um, so Sheila, you. So after that yeah. email, we had contacted the seller's yeah. agent. He's relaying this information to both parties, and the husband was really good to deal with the whole process through. Mm -hmm. He says, "Hey, can you pay half? I'll pay my half of this." Yeah. So. I'm done with it, wash his hands of it. And he says, so you can just continue on with the other party in this problem. And, and you were nice enough to agree. And yeah, I check into the legalities of doing that and yeah. didn't want to set ourselves up for failure yeah. issues yeah. down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but because he had been so forthright and right up front about everything, 
and uh, didn't even balk at uh, paying for you know his portion of the uh, of the um, reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave him the benefit of the doubt and let and told him basically that thank you very much. This is what we we accept from you, and we're not going to pursue you in any type of legal proceedings. Yeah. And so we were fine with that. Um, it and just that it was have, more for. Must have felt good that he was going to pay half. Yep. Right. Like that. That probably made you feel a little bit at ease. But of course, the battle was with. Yeah, but even like him paying half really strengthened our case as well. Oh right. Um, so that that part of it was um, good for us in, in terms of the, the the long play on this um, with respect to going, you know, going after the other seller. Yeah, because it's um, essentially someone saying, "Oh yeah, this is wrong. Here's compensation yeah. for it." Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I wanna I wanted to add though, um, like the home inspector that I spoke to or that came out, I ended up calling him back afterwards and I said, had the disclosure agreement um, indicated that there was previous water damage, would that have changed the way you have mm-hmm. inspected um, the home? And he said it might have in relation to the area where the water damage was mm. because it was a hot water tank that had eventually uh, you know, blown its seal or, or whatever it was. But he says, as far as the other stuff you alluded to it earlier, they won't they won't lift rugs, they won't move furniture. Um, but I let him know that there was black mold. I let him know all the hidden damages and that kind of stuff because I think it was mm-hmm. important to give him the feedback so that in future, you know, home inspections that he does, you maybe keep that in mind. You know, if if he ever comes across kind of a situation like that again, so. I just yeah. thought maybe it was something that he could use. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, your communication was really good through it. And I, I know every once in a while, because after you move in, you get busy and, you know, we continue on with our work, but I get little, you know, text Anytime updates. Anytime you get an update, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you, I get little phone Terry. Phone. you get her, you get her. Yeah. Um, so you took next steps to hold the wife accountable because she said no. She was like, no, I'm not going to help you. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't my problem anymore. And like you said, she was getting advice from another family member saying, no, that's crazy. You don't have to do anything yeah. here. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about the small claims process. Um, a lot of people think it's very difficult and very complicated. What was your experience? Like, how did you find out the information? How did you submit the claim? How'd that go? <clears throat> it's not, it, it, it may seem daunting at first, but if you Google small claims court BC online, there is a wealth of information there. You can learn how to file a claim. Um, there's a filing assistant that is actually on the website too that answers the questions and, and oh, wow. gives you guidance in relation to what key elements they're looking to put together for your claim. Yeah. And there's just basically four four essential elements. You know, what what's the damage? What are you what are you seeking compensation for? Tell us why we're here today. You know, along those lines. So that that was pretty pretty easy, I think, in just in reviewing the documentation or the information that they have there for the documentation that you needed to file. And then you're reading past that. So, okay, if this person accepts, then this is the process to follow. If that person doesn't accept or they don't, you know, um, they don't realize the error of their ways mm. and you eventually have to go to court. Yeah. Then there's, they explain the rules of the court process, what the expectation of, you know, the, the, the claimant and the defendant, um, because they realize that people aren't, aren't, you know, educated lawyers right, engaging in this process. Yeah. So the language is very, uh, very commonly written okay. in relation to that. Not a lot of legalese that's included. So very easy to understand. And I, I wouldn't, uh, if somebody was considering that, I would encourage them to, you know, educate themselves because that's what we had to do to look at it. And then once you, once you get that, you can complete the uh, notice of claim online. 
you can print it off and then all you do is you go down to the courthouse registers office you register the claim and say I'm going after this person and then you provide your email address you provide what contact information you have for that person mm-hmm. and then all the correspondence goes through the registrar's office so if when they replied it went through their office and they sent us a copy so, so how did you cuz because say you're going to go file that information, how do you have their contact information to notice them that a, f- a claim has been submitted? Well, that's the bit of the tricky part where you yeah. have to um, use a bit of ingenuity in relation to do it. There are process servers um, that will uh, serve the documentation, um, but there's ways to... Uh, people usually have an online profile in social mm-hmm. media somewhere. Um we you know, can find you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we will find you. All the girls scrolling five minutes later. I know this person and their cousin. And Terry will find you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so engaged in, you know, that process and eventually um, found out where they lived. So once I had that documentation and when you get to the courthouse uh, or the registrar's office, they will add or they will ask you, do you want to do personal service or service with a um, with a service um, like a like a, a service server. processor? Yeah, yeah, right. And I said, no, I'll do personal service. I want to, you know, uh, go and and hand these documents <laughs> I off serve myself. These guys. <laughs> But they, but they will, um, they will add um, the cost of that to your claim. Right. Oh wow. Mm. Yeah. So, so you, you can fi- get it so back. A, yeah. So oh. you can get it back. So there's there's a, a filing fee, which is one hundred fifty dollars. And okay. then if you do personal service, um, they'll add that. Are you doing? Per- okay. You can charge. You can charge them this much money. Oh wow. If you wow. do a process server, you can charge them this much money because you're trying to you know engage them in a process because they are the you're you're identifying them as a defendant. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So you're like, I'm going to do it myself. I offered to go with you when you told me you were doing that. I was like, get me in the car. I'll go with you. You know, I'll be your witness. Um, Because I remember you had gotten to that point and you were like, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to serve papers. And I was like, okay. You bet you are. So, um, we, we want to, we want to hear about it. We want to hear that. We want to hear the tea on that. Um, I just, uh, I approached it in the, in the realm of this, may eventually go to court. Right. So I wanted to make sure that my approach was professional. Of course. And so um, when I knew that the person was there, because I knew their vehicle, um, I went and knocked on the door and um, somebody else was in the house. I asked for the the seller who came to the door. And once I gave them the papers, um, then they realized that... uh, You were serious. Yeah. And I think that was the moment where um, they thought, okay... Maybe I should have paid more attention. Paid more attention. Yeah. Did you introduce yourself? Were you like, "Hi, I'm the man that bought your house." I did. Ooh. Yep. Did like the blade blood drain from her face or anything? Like, was, uh, did she look a little surprised to you? Because you're the so anyone who's not watching the podcast and they're just listening to it, Terry's not a small guy. Like, he's got the goatee. You're six three, six five. four, six five. Yeah, that's a yeah. Of course, <laughs> I remember the first time I met you. I'm like, wow, you were tall. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure you get a lot. You're you're a big man, so I'm sure like when you were probably standing there to hand those papers, like that's no joke. You Authority. know, yes, like you could have been a, a court paper server person very easily, maybe. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. So blood drains from her face, you hand those papers over and then you just, you're like toodaloo and you, and you go. Yeah. And I made sure the encounter was videotaped. Oh, wow. From a distance. Smart. Smart. Because I've had situations like that turn uh, or they try to turn it. Right. Yeah. And so you can't lie with, with video or photos. Yeah. So. I love that. Yeah. 
Terry means business. So next time Terry <laughs> buys your house, anyone who's out there, you see the name Terry, you look out. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's, that's awesome. So then eventually she ended up, uh, how did that, how did that get resolved? Yeah. Was so the... <clears throat> what it was, was I on, on the notice of claim, they have, um, I think it's five or six categories where you identify, um, you know, what it is that you're trying to resolve. So, right. you know, uh, wooden floor basement, mm. uh, cost to replace is such and such. Uh, drywall, hole in wall, cost to replace is such and such. So you, you itemize it. Then it comes with a final tally and then you add process server or serving, um, you know, um, cost to it. And then, so they get all that. And so included in the package you give them is a reply sheet. Oh. And so they have to reply. And in their reply, um, there's a there's a number of different uh, sections in there and how they want to reply. Mm. So they can say, okay, I concede to one and two, but I want more information on three and four. Okay. And so I want, uh, I you know, I've talked to a lawyer and I want, uh, you know, proof of this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, we've already, we, we can provide you um, with the quotes because we had sought a number of quotes because the, the floor in the basement it's an older style, not made anymore. Right. So therefore, it's not like you said, it's not pine floors and we're looking for oak. We're yeah. looking yeah. to replace what's there because we don't want to devalue the home. Of course. Based on, you know, what we purchased. Yeah, yeah. the home so, that you just purchased. Yeah. yeah. So um, so we went through that so they can see it. So we provided proof to them. And then it goes back and forth in relation to correspondence from, uh, from the courts. And then we ended up engaging in uh, email uh, exchange back and forth, which oh. was which was fine because that's a little little quicker, um, and then ultimately settled on the amount that they would have to compensate us for, and they were they agreed to to pay that, and um, you know they they created a not created but they they spun a a tale of of woe in relation to I can't make that payment you know split it in two I can give meanwhile you she just said, sold her house so she's got I know. Oh my so, gosh. So just giving him that and say, okay, that's fine. We'll concede. So this month you give us this, this next month you give us that, which is fine. But even in the last email exchange, and, and I just want to <laughs> uh, say this to your, um, your listeners, is that there were some derogatory terms that were directed at us through I, the email. Wow. I was just going to ask if she ever apologized. No, never apologized. Wow. But there was a derogatory, couple of derogatory terms that were thrown wow. in there. So when, I'm my my word on that is don't rise to that, mm. because if it if a nego negotiation had fallen through, it was going to go to the court process. So you kind of paint the picture of what type of individual you're dealing with. Yeah, you know, through and remain professional through you're, the whole. You're thing. like, sure, this is all just going to be on record, man. I'm yeah. thinking like, she's never going to listen to this, but in case she is, uh, you're disgusting. That is terrible. Um, you could not have messed with a nicer family. And um, mm -hmm. on an ethics level, I'm very, very disappointed in you. Yeah. And we're so happy that you took the time to go through the process. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, it's not as, <clears throat> once you start reading and knowing that you're, if you feel that you have a very good foot to stand on, and, yeah. and I have to uh, thank you both um, for helping us engage in that process because there'd be a time where I'd phone Sheila and go, hey, what about this, you know, document? I don't think I have this, so you'd send it to me or, mm -hmm. or asking your insight in relation to um, some aspect of the, document. know, the documents yeah. and that kind of stuff that I could clarify in relation to what I wanted to present in front of the court. So, 
Yeah, no, that, we were, that was good for. That was we good were pretty for, mad, for the, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, what an experience! I would never want another buyer to go through this. Mm. Um, and if that was my seller, I would have been very, very ashamed. Um, this agent again. I would happily work with him in the future. He did a really good job. It wasn't his fault, obviously. Um, but yeah, the seller, again, if you're listening, you're disgusting. Um, I'm grateful that we got to learn and go through this process. Yeah. And I'm very, very happy that you came out to share this story tonight to give a little bit of hope, like when people are wrong, that there is an avenue to get repercussions for yeah. damages and consequences consequences for people's actions because a lot of people don't take that extra step and they just say okay it's not worth it or okay mm-hmm. i don't know how to do that court process or oh, no, it's totally worth it Go- it's, well yeah. <laughs> that is the message tonight so if you are wronged you you google you get that clean process and you get your money back so that's all the tea we have today. Thank you so much. This is an excellent episode. It's probably one of my favorite. I hope everybody <laughs> learned something and we look forward to the next time. Cheers. 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 Thank you for listening to Spilling the Tea, a real estate podcast with Christy Macero and Sheila Machek. 